everybody. Welcome back to another fantastic edition of your Heart in the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I am your host, Matt, again joined by Michael. And today, uh, Tuesday, the 25th of September, we've got some great hot takes from the current uh, day after media day. Uh, A lot of good interviews with some players. Uh, as well as the Timber Bulls saga updates. And uh, later on in the show, we'll get to our first team preview of this upcoming NBA season. It's only uh, 20-some days away. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, Modelo, uh, serving cold beverages since 1925. Modelo Especial a golden, full-flavored, Pilsner-style lager with a clean, crisp finish that you can enjoy responsibly at your discretion. Whether you like to call it a cerveza or a beverage, you too can get as drunk as I am off of Modelo's whenever you like. Head on down to your local uh, uh, grocery store or online at modelo.com slash paint for your first shipment shipping free right so head on over and and enjoy life responsibly and with that let's hop right into the top of the news with a sort of continuing story here on the heart and the paint podcast the jimmy butler saga so recently of course uh the timberwolves have become the timber bulls with their recent acquisitions of luol dang and of course Derek rose and Jimmy Butler and pretty much that whole squad. However, as we know through the regular season, Jimmy Butler and Carl Thane Towns aren't really big fans of each other. And of course, Wiggins just throws even more mud into the mixture there. And so recently, uh, since we've last recorded, Jimmy Butler has pretty much demanded a trade and has not shown up to media day or practice. And every team under the sun is trying to make a pitch for this guy. Uh, so, so what are some of those teams looking to add Jimmy Butler to their roster, Michael? Uh, the Ringer put out an idea that Toronto should go all in and trade out Kyle Lowry for Jimmy Butler. There's probably some young guys and some picks thrown in there to kind of even it up, but it's an interesting pairing, I think, both sides. Jimmy Butler and Kawhi. I mean, two out of the top six uh, two-way players in the league. I mean, God, that'd be insane. No, it's not an idea. We haven't, that pairing of Butler and, and Kawhi is something we've kind of dabbled with a little bit because both of those players have shown interest in going to L.A. or going to New York mm. in the past couple months. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, Toronto might have a little bit of a window of opportunity right now, uh, especially if Kawhi's fully healthy. I could maybe see a push here. It's also not not the uh, the worst conference to have two small forward defending players. Yeah, I mean, I know you and I have been kind of talking about what if. Jimmy gets his way to the Clippers, and then Kawhi comes next year to the Clippers. So we were kind of thinking of this, but obviously in the Western Conference, which is 
totally different than if they were in the Eastern Conference because if they're in the Eastern Conference with Jimmy and Kawhi, that might be a pretty good wrench to throw at Boston. Exactly. I mean, think about all the good wings you you have in the East to lock up. You know, you got you got Ben Simmons, you got Giannis, you got Oladipo, you got Gordon Hayward, you got Jason Tatum, you got Kyrie if he doesn't join you on the Knicks next year. Um, obviously, you would have had LeBron, but let's not worry about that anymore. Uh, that's a really good uh, sort of damper in maybe one of those players MVP type seasons that might be coming up here in a minute. Uh, additionally, one of the other teams looking for Jimmy Butler as they look for pretty much anybody that's a free agent is the Sacramento Kings and the Phoenix Suns. Um, now it's been made clear that the Suns would want to hop in on the Kings trade possibly to get a point guard as the Suns didn't really get one in the summer of last year and the Kings are just kind of desperate for anything. So some sort of three-team trade. Maybe Derrick Rose gets involved, uh, goes to the Suns, and Butler goes to the Kings, and then they get, you know, maybe Buddy Heald and somebody else in return. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Jimmy Butler would want to go to kind of these developing teams. Seems like he's more in a win-now mode. I think he's a shade under 30, and obviously the Minnesota experiment has basically run its course so i don't think he's looking for anything that also needs like two to three years for them to kind of get up to a playoff caliber level title level so i think he's looking to go to more kind of instant contender um you know kind of the team's kind of like around the washington wizards and above that kind of stature where it's like they're pretty good to make the second round in the playoffs. They could be conference sleepers, and then maybe with the addition of Jimmy Butler, you know, they become title title contenders. Exactly, and um, especially sort of now, uh, kind of to get a little more meta here, I guess is is this aspect of players. Sitting out, I guess, for a, a, a change in in situation. So something, you know, that Jalen likes to term pre-agency. Uh, <laughs> it is where, where sort of these players kind of um, uh, not really walk out or like protest, but kind of go on strike in a sense for, for their own team. So kind of what Kawhi Leonard was doing last year where he didn't really come back even though he could have or maybe with like uh, Le'Veon Bell on the NFL right now. Yeah, it's like a, it's like they're using it as a leverage to renegotiate um, either their contract or their team outright. Do you think like we'll start seeing a lot of contracts that are more kind of what LeBron and KD have been doing with these kind of one-on-ones or um, kind of severely short limited, you know, short-term contracts. You would think that would be where they would go next. But, you know, if you're a, you're a team and you're saying, Hey, I'm going to pay you this amount of money for four years with a plus one at the end, a guy kind of quits on you after year two. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you just going to, you know, 
I'm, I'm probably going to feel a little bit burned if I'm the management. Maybe I would go dump them off to the Kings and grab all the assets I could in return. You know, maybe I would try and make a really one-sided deal somewhere that's like, okay, you know, this guy's kind of got a bad attitude now, and maybe that impacts his trade value too. So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, but I think no one's really hit the the bad end of this deal yet. You know, people were saying Pop did it to Kawhi and he shipped him off to the Siberia up in Toronto, but if you look at it, that team's kind of trending up right now in terms of the the fan base attitude, especially yeah, after this mean, media day. Yeah, and we saw the same thing uh, last year with Boston with getting Kyrie. Exactly. So I'm not too convinced at and it being really a bad method for the players. The only kind of uh, pause I would take, though, is if you're not one of these, you know, top 25 players type deal. You know, if you're like, um, you know, if, if like Danny Green was to do the same thing, you know, I'm not sure it would go over so well. Or if like, like a rookie was to do it. And it's a little iffy. Yeah, I think it would actually also help out teams themselves because they would stop maybe signing a guy like Andrew Wiggins to like a, a max contract, you know, sign, signing Ryan Anderson to these like egregious, you know, uh, four-year deals. It also kind of helps the teams if the contracts are a bit shorter. Maybe in a sense, but, you know, I think those teams already feel the the burden of those contracts. I mean, you know, I don't want to yeah, but double moving down forward, on a mistake. Yeah, but moving forward, I mean, if if the top guys are only doing, like, two-year deals, why would they ever want to pay, like, um, I'm trying to think of somebody who's, like, up-and-coming um, and then is kind of, like, on a contract year. Like, why would they ever pay them that much, you know? Like, if they're not in the top 25, like, a guy, like, like imagine if Wiggins was on a contract year this year. Like, I don't think anybody would want him on a four-year deal. Yeah, he might have something there. Any other teams uh, looking to get Jimmy Butler? Well, there was a rumor that the Heat were going to get him. However, uh, Jimmy Butler's historic past has said, I will never wear that kind of jersey. So who knows about that? And again, he has been... He said New York and L.A. were on his uh map for teams to join. Yeah, it seems like that's on everybody's maps lately. Everybody's radar is now. I think LA there's a secret quest or like a secret achievement that everybody's trying to get for legacy points of like bring a title to New York. Yeah, it does seem to be a bit more urgent than than normal. Like almost uh, it could almost be a conspiracy of like you know, Adam Silver telling all the players, hey, we need New York to be good again, or something oh. like that. Oh, yes. Adam Silver and Conspiracy is definitely in my alley. So so hit me up with cons- this conspiracy. So, you know, I've been preaching around for a little while that the New York Knicks are going to be really good in 2020. And so far, it doesn't really seem like it with KP and that ACL and not exactly fire for the rest of the roster i mean you know kevin knox and frankie smokes look all right i suppose 
But there's this weird inkling throughout, kind of since KD made that move to Golden State, that one of these other, you know, top 30 players, um, specifically a guy that maybe like Kyrie or Kevin Durant or even Kemba are going to come to the come to the Knicks, and that's going to somehow fix this mediocrity that the Knicks have had for like 25 years now or whatever. And so it only kind of makes sense. There's a guy kind of pulling some strings to hype up New York, and that really can only be done by Adam Silver. Just... Everything seems to kind of just fold a little bit nicely for for New York right now. You know, like next year when the cap goes up a little bit, that's when they happen to have a little bit more uh, free agency spending. A little interesting with New York. The very big headquarters over there. They got their their caucus facility. Uh, You know, the ESPN has recently moved out there. LeBron just left, so now there's, you know, complete opening of the East. And if this Boston, you know, mesh of talent doesn't really gel well, and if the Sixers can't stay healthy or Ben Simmons and Embiid don't get along, and if Giannis doesn't really reach Giannis-level potentials, I mean, the Knicks could sneakily become a top-four team in the East in, like, two years. Also, you know, one of the better shoe markets. You know, you can have many stores over there. It's a popular thing over there. You finally have draft picks back for one of those teams, so maybe (laughs) it can seem legitimate that they trade assets away. Um, Obviously, a bunch of management changes. Not ownership changes, but a lot of middlemen changes. Um, Definitely something I would keep on the radar for, like, a rumor mill starting, I don't know, maybe around All-Star break of this year, depending on, of course, how KP comes back. Or even if Lonzo takes over the Knicks. That would that would be something wild. Imagine the Ball family running their empire from New York City. Hit the Ball Tower right next to the Trump Tower. I mean, LeBron probably doesn't want to deal with LeVar Ball. So why not get the commissioner to, you know, make a few moves and move him to the other side of the country entirely and give a market something to talk yeah. about? I can, I can only, I, I kind of can't wait for for that, like, first headline of LeVar Ball clashing with LeBron James at this point because we know <laughs> it's all going to happen and it's going to just explode like it did last year with LeVar I think it's going to be the opposite. I think what's going to happen is there's going to be this amazing chemistry between Lonzo and LeBron. And then uh, LeVar Ball is going to come out and be like, guys, see, I told you, like, LeBron's my guy. Like, LeBron and I get along so well. <laughs> and then it will be like all the top, the top of the news for like ESPN that whole day. Yeah, it'll just be all these like Photoshopped images of like LeVar Ball like suiting up for the meme squad. Yeah, 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 and then and then uh, you know, make his rounds to all the you know first take and get up and everything and be like, so you you could score more than two points on him, right? (laughs) 
Lonzo will have his number retired before LeBron. Oh my goodness. Well, speaking of LeBron, uh, of course, Media Day went on yesterday at the time of this recording. Um, really, the first practices have been going on this week. And LeBron had, of course, tons and tons of questions directed at his sort of business ventures in, in Lakertown, you know, the Space Jam 2 first images have been kind of making their way around the internet. And, of course, his interesting set of teammates that I don't think anybody would have put on the same team as him at any point in their careers. However, he did have one interesting comment. Uh, LeBron called his now ragtag group of Superstars, bud. Of course, that being an acronym for misunderstood, underrated, and determined, I believe. Uh, and this is referring to, of course, Rondo, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson. Michael Beasley. Yeah, Michael Beasley. So we'll, we will see. It's, it's nice to see LeBron uh sort of trying, trying to make yeah. something happen here it's like okay it'd be cool to get these guys a nickname and just give everybody on this team names um i don't know mud's kind this of seems funny. like something this seems like something that like came up on the spot you know like there was no premeditation about this somebody was like lebron like what do you guys call yourselves and he was like the lakers and then like the guy was like Nah, but like there's this like on Reddit, you guys are like meme squad, and then like LeBron would echo back and be like, "Nah, we're mud," or I don't know something like that. Like it, it seems so we fucking weird. And and funny enough, so second aspect of this is probably more of a compliment, but uh, LeBron and Rondo kind of have a mental hard on for each other right now in their interviews. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, I've never played with anybody this smart." You know, it'd be amazing to play with somebody this great. Uh, that's so Ray Allen is recording all of this. Yeah, so so we'll we'll see how it mends that relationship. But I don't know, like that. You know, for how kind of interestingly Rondo boosted Anthony Davis last year, and vice versa. You know, maybe LeBron can backdoor cut this year, or get. Maybe they're like a nice like one-two yeah. backcourt duo or something. Yeah, it's kind of weird. This team without three-point shooting might actually be able to open up the court with Rondo and Lonzo kind of alternating over the entire course of a game. Like you have pretty competent passing the entire game. It might <laughs> be those like two guys the and best LeBron. It's playmaking team in the in the league. Uh, I mean. Golden State, right? You still got Katie, Staff, Iggy, Sean Livingston. Yeah, but which team's gonna throw like more no look and fake passes? Oh, which team's gonna be more flashy about it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, dude, LeBron threw a self dunk in the NBA Finals. Like, <laughs> like this could be showtime for like no three pointers, no dunks, just like backcourt, like uh, back backdoor layups and like through the lakes passes and the Rondo fake pass bullshit. Yeah, well, the crazy thing is going to be when it's, like, uh, Brandon Ingram and, like, Lonzo and Kuzma on the floor, and they're, like, hauling out after, like, a defensive rebound with, like, like Lonzo gets the defensive rebound and is pulling up on the floor. And then you got, like, a trailing LeBron, 
And so then Lonzo is like slashing to the hole, but like Lonzo's not very good at finishing. So he like ducks it back to kind of the top of the key for like LeBron. The LeBron like does, I don't know, like he fucks off. Yeah. Yeah. Either he spots up and shoots that three like wide open or he like also comes in for like a jam. Like it's going to be amazing. It's going to be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, they're supposedly playing extremely up tempo, very little set defense and set plays. Uh, which is kind of interesting to think about for LeBron's sake. I think most people would be like, oh, I mean, he's got so many miles on his knees. You know, this isn't good for him anymore. But then when you think about it, banging down in the post isn't really a good thing to do to your shoulders, your back. I mean, look at, you know, Carmelo. His his freaking shoulders gone, his back's gone, his knees are gone. And he's been banging down on the post his whole career. So... I think this is kind of a smart move. It's like you can get so many easier type baskets in fast paced almost transition offense because you'll just find an open lane or somebody won't be back in time or spot up trailing three than you would in like sort of the set offense that Cleveland ran a couple of years ago and Miami kind of ran. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of up and down and experimentation as long as they're still winning the regular season. But I have a feeling that, like, come playoff time, LeBron's going to, like, flip it over and do this kind of Cleveland 2015-2018 sort of run. I mean, he was the best player for one game of the finals last year. Yeah, I mean. Impressively so. All right, so speaking of more players in Media Day, Kawhi Leonard had a pretty extensive interview in his first Toronto jersey. First time anybody's really seen him in a while. Uh, Gotta say, the Toronto jersey doesn't look that bad on him. He, He got a lot of interviews about sort of his personality and his mindset and kind of what happened. And he cracked a bunch of jokes. I was surprised, or tried to, and yeah, and he kind of has this weird, like, fake Jay Z laugh. Uh, you got to listen to the interview to hear it, but it was like it, it almost felt like fake. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it really reminded me of when Zuckerberg was doing those like uh, Senate testimonies, where it's like he just doesn't know how to like be like a regular guy like he can only do this Kawhi. i'm really like talented at basketball thing kind of like how zuckerberg could only do the i'm really good at like a tech thing but i can't really translate it into like anything else like that kind of energy it's kind of what Kawhi seemed it was like i'm trying to be more like media focused a little bit more kind of like a modern superstar but he couldn't really play the part right so it just came off as being super awkward. I like to think of it as like there was some sort of alien that could play basketball <laughs> and came down to Earth and was trying to figure out human behavior by observing it. And then he finally gets put to the test and it's just like, you're still an alien, dude. <laughs> yeah, except, you know, the, the 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 basketball he's trying to mimic is like Kobe. So it's like an alien coming down, watching only Kobe games and then trying to like imitate Kobe as best as possible, which is kind of like weird. 
Because Kobe was trying to imitate MJ, so it's like, what? I don't understand Kawhi sometimes. An interesting dude for an interesting team. Of course, a new coach there, so I'll be, I'll be looking forward to see how their first month goes. Yeah, does it make you, like, more... Like, are you more into buying the Raptors, or are you on the sell train? Well, the, for the, the news of him working out okay, and seems like he's going to actually play so therefore i do have some stock in the raptors because he didn't play at all last year pretty much that, yeah that wasn't fun as a fan so I, i'm gonna watch a couple games but i feel like i wouldn't be surprised that this team slip a lot early on in the year All right, so uh, we have a question asked by one of our many listeners for this episode. Our fan pick question of the day is, would you rather get $50 million or become uh, the first round pick or the first pick in the next NBA draft? <laughs> and of course, that pick means that you become 6'6 and like 220 and you know, the right amount of athleticism for the position. So I guess the question is, do I rather get $50 million or would I rather be an NBA player? Um, what, what do you think about this one? Uh, I would take the money because those rookie contracts are not going to be as high as 50 million. 50 million is a lot of money. Like how many NBA players don't actually get 50 million like from their contracts? Uh, Nerlens Noel. Yeah, Austin Rivers. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. Like that's that's pretty common. However, you know, six six two twenty athletic. You know, you could potentially be like you know, a ten million a year guy for ten years. Seems like a lot of yeah, work to me. But, but fifty million, like straight away. Like, are you getting this doled out in like one go? Yeah, it's like a it's like a you get a genie in a bottle and yeah, I think I'm thinking of fifty million. You can do so much more, like just straight away, like transformative. Because uh, even if you become like the number one pick in the NBA, it's like you still gotta deal with like the spotlight pressure, right? Because like now you're like a number one. Like now you don't want to be a bust, right? Like now you want to be more like a like a LeBron and less like a Markel Fultz. Brown. Yeah, like like more of like a John Wall, unless like an Anthony Bennett, right? That's a t- that's a lot of pressure, man. That's like fifty million like, dollars worth of pressure. Team. You're gonna go to a shit team. Like you might not really win that many games, and if you're not gonna win that many games, you're never gonna get paid like another big contract after that, unless you're like Devin Booker and you somehow talk your way into it. Very good point. Uh, what would you do with that fifty million? Since you're so adamant on taking it, uh, let's see, fifty million. All right, let's let's divvy some of that money up into like an investment into something, so I can flip like I don't know, ten million dollars into like a hundred million or something by just sheer like stocks and investments into these like startups and you know trying to trying to flip this money 
so that way I can just have more. And then maybe down the line, flip that. And then it's like, oh, boom, all of a sudden you got like $2 billion. Why don't I just buy the Knicks? That's a very good point. So I'm not saying Adam Silver should pay me $50 million. I'm just saying if he wants to make the Knicks relevant, which everyone would want to see a Knicks-Lakers final if KD's playing for the Knicks. Yikes, that would be that would be the dream. I think I would go now fifty million. Jesus, that sounds really enticing. I think I would I think I would pick the NBA player though. And most most reason why is you are now one of like sixty players to be a first round pick ever. You have Obviously, you're in like peak physical condition, so you're not really gonna have health problems unless you injure yourself somehow. Greg Oden, dude. Unless you injure yourself somehow. <laughs> dude wasn't injured. The dude was born with like deficiencies. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, we're assu- <laughs> we're assuming peak physical conditions. Like, okay, you have no problems. It's like no no questions. You know, you're like you're like you know Jason Tatum or something, right? I would totally go in the NBA. However, I would have some real fucking pause getting drafted by the Kings. Uh, I feel like that's just where like NBA careers go to die, and nothing good comes out of that. Which leads us right into our main topic for today's episode, our Sacramento Kings team preview. So speaking of places where dreams go to die, uh, let's go over Sacramento Kings team fan base so what what how you know if i'm a king's fan right now michael you know i i've just come off of maybe a pretty decent season with De'Aaron fox being a, a higher pick but uh really lackluster free agency again and a couple other things not really going my way so so what is the the marvel fan base equivalent that that, that the kings would be feeling right now the Kings fan base, whatever exists anymore, I'm not even sure, ought to be feeling a lot like Spider-Man Homecoming. You know, they're kind of in between some spots here. You know, they're kind of shedding off that Sony weight, a little bit of maybe maybe this is the time when we get it right. You know, we go a little bit younger on the cast. We've got, you know, money kind of pouring in from these overseas companies shout out to chinese cinema and maybe just maybe we might be part of something bigger here unfortunately it could also bend the other way and still be spider-man homecoming where all we do is just have another meh season yeah it certainly seems to be drawing up that way but there's a lot to be excited for sort of if you like of... Spider-Man. Yeah. And if you like the Kings, you ought to be excited. <laughs> well, we don't need another Spider-Man origin story, but we do need another losing Sacramento Kings season. So our starting cast for this great adventure, of course, is a De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Bagley, Zach Randolph coming back, of course, Bogdanovich. So, uh, again, 
Fox and Heald, some, some great picks. Bagley, of course, from this year. Potentially, potentially, a Rookie of the Year candidate. I say that extremely lightly, uh, <laughs> considering that he's going to get zero visibility. Uh, Zebo, probably his last year. Uh, and then Bogdanovich, the, the Russian hammer. Yeah, it's kind of a weird starting five because, you know, kind of if we if we roll out the rest of the rotation, right? You got Yogi Ferrell, Frank Mason the third, Willie Cauley Stein, Iman Shumper, Harry Giles, and Justin Jackson. It really feels like that starting five, Fox, Bagley, and Bogdanovich are like safe in their spots. But I can easily see like Willie Cauley Stein starting opening night instead of Zach Randolph. Instead of uh, healed, it's like Yogi Ferrell or something. It's it's kind of a weird collection of talent because this feels like a really good Kentucky team. Exactly. You know, that's that's what I was thinking. It was like, man, this looks like some kind of college team. Like you have this weird kind of guard log jam, wing jam, but you don't really have like a skilled big. At yeah, the same yeah. time, it's like everybody's kind of young and fast, but then you're only good big is kind of slow and on his last knees. Yeah, it's really weird. They've actually got a lot of good trade assets on this team. So it wouldn't surprise me if they were in the middle of a lot of that, kind of in the middle of the season. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of rotation in this starting five, especially if they're not winning that many games. Yeah, very, very interesting. Really, not really sure how they... Uh, obviously there's many ways they improve but which assets do they give up when and where is kind of hard to tell it, it seems like a team that will be always part of a three-team deal to me yeah and especially because this team you know none of these guys have really shown anything or at least all these young guys um has any you know hasn't really shown anything to make you kind of jump on the bandwagon, kind of like the Spider-Man Homecoming thing, where it's like, you know, it doesn't look bad, but I haven't really seen anything good coming out of it. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're definitely not entirely sold on these rookies yet. Speaking of being sold on people, is this Shumpert's last stop on his magical NBA train? Does he get out of Sacramento somehow? I mean, is this Zach Randolph's last stop? I mean, you got some kind of weird weird questions with this team where two of their best what seven players are guys that might not be playing in the nba in two years just of age i certainly don't think randolph does much more unless he gets like a tour of duty in from memphis somehow Shumpert, yeah. I don't think anybody's gonna pick him up again like anytime soon like i don't know is what Shumpert, team wants Shumpert. is Shumpert their best wing defender yes kind of <laughs> people say he's a good wing defender but watching him in it. person i'm not seeing it so yeah, i haven't seen it he's got like the body for it but he doesn't really do it very well it's not the brain's just not there i don't think yeah because i, th I think I, I would say he's got like the speed and the quickness to be able to cover the wings you know like close out on the three but I haven't really seen him do it. I'm a little like exactly to say, but 
you got some weird kind of X Factor talent too with like Harry Giles and Justin Jackson. But so so an interesting thing to be optimistic for with this team, of course, is our is is the breaking the NBA segment of this team, and that could potentially be Bogdanovich and his three point shooting could potentially break the NBA, as our friend Mike Corzembo would like to say. Uh, Bogdanovich, of course, is actually one of the most premier three-point shooters in the league at his position. I think last year he shot around 40%, which is kind of remarkable considering there's not really a ton of floor spacing on this team, and he can't really create that much for himself. And also, like, how many open threes are the Kings actually getting? Honestly, most of it's just probably often not caring. Like, oh, it's the Kings. Like, we're going to play down to them. Yeah, but he's also kind of one of their more stable players. Like, I think out of all the guys on that team that they had last year, he might have been one of the high usage guys just in terms of minutes. Because him and Randolph and Vince Carter were getting a lot of time on the floor together. Exactly, and I think I think he might be someone that would probably be the best thing to ship out somewhere. Uh, you know, his co- his counterpart in Indiana obviously was pretty good last year in the playoffs. Uh, a couple other teams could use someone like that. Yeah, I think the I think team like the Heat or the Lakers, um, who you know have some money that they can kind of play with over the course of the season don't really have enough three-point shooting he could kind of blend into that pretty easily or even uh the sixers i was thinking the thunder but pretty much the same track there and so we we asked our friend zach Lowe what his sneaky big question for the sacramento kings might be this year and he responded so graciously with how much can zach randolph actually anchor this team throughout the regular season um so what 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 are your thoughts? What is your reply to Zach here? Yeah, it's kind of weird that this team's probably gonna win as many games as they can fit Zach Randolph into. Because I think he was playing around 25 minutes uh, a game last season. So that's pretty high considering his age and his knees and his wear and tear and things. If he's playing that many minutes, I mean they must be playing him for a reason, right? <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's not like they're paying chump change for him either. So he's got a decent amount left on his money, and he you know he's got the probably the quintessential old man game of the NBA. He's kind of been playing the same way ever since he got in, you know that sort of the 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 butt ball movement of kind of the old YMCA guy. You know you don't really need to be the fastest or the strongest or the most skilled shooter you just kind of use your body decently and kind of just put on your hard hat and get it done somehow so yeah he might also be able to anchor this team like on the off the court stuff right like this seems pretty young in fox heel bagley collie stein justin jackson harry giles so maybe he can kind of get them to be professionals and then get them to understand like how to win, you know, start instilling a bit of a winning culture, you know, find some way of 
getting in the playoffs maybe in the in the kind of near future kind of a lot like what the suns did with trying to pick up Ariza and stuff you know where it's like you're paying him obviously for the on-court production but a lot of it is coming from can you teach these guys how to win and i would love to see that if they maybe bagley becomes his protege somehow but he kind of needs you know somebody he can just kind of sit in the gym with all day and teach him his actual skills to rather than just being this sort of you know locker room figure locker room guy yeah so i think the answer to zach is most likely no but culturally might be okay (laughs) and so i think i think zach would appreciate that (laughs) i think he would probably he probably should talk me a little bit for it but it'd be okay i went to his memphis game last year and it was totally worth it uh so our our favorite nba squad the first bagwell squad loves the sacramento kings for one and a half particular reasons and that is i'll let you i'll let you say the first one i'll get the second one so i think everyone on first swagwell is very excited by a few of these these kind of pairings on this team right a fox buddy healed backcourt that seems really interesting you know seems really quick seems like a lot of you know pull-up shots it seems kind of dynamic you know as well as you know what would a harry giles bagley sort of front court look like maybe a little willie collie stein you know there, there are kind of these moments in kind of the king's roster that make you go yeah you know what i might i might look at this game i might but I mean, like you said, that's only half the reason why. The the real reason why First Swagwell loves this team is their sneaky big Dragon Ball Z shoe game fetish. As we know, Darren Fox, even last year, was getting Goku and Vegeta-based <laughs> Nike sneakers. And he has the hairdo to support it. Buddy Healed, same thing, has the hairdo to support it. It's all they talk about. Darren Fox even was in the Dragon Ball Z Fighters tournaments and promoting the game. He was at E3 talking about video games. First Swagwell loves this guy for his personality. He's so relatable. He's got a cool hairdo. He's got fresh kicks. So this is why First Swagwell loves the Sacramento Kings. Do you think this team would be better if they had Nate Robinson? Any, any, any Nate Robinson. Like you can, you can time machine, and you can pick any era of Nate Robinsonness. Do you think this would make the Kings a better team? Yes, absolutely. And particularly, I'm looking into like the 2009 dunk contest, Nate Robinson, right? Ooh, yes. Where he where he dunks over Dwight Howard. And he's he's kryptonite, and, you know. Just think about like Fox and Robinson backcourt. It's like zero shooting, but just like <laughs> full speed to the rim, and you can just play like ultra small ball. You know, just just take Zebo out of the game. You know, just give me like Robinson, Fox, Healed, Bogdanovich, and like Justin Giles or like Justin Jackson and you're yeah. set. You know, don't worry about defense. Don't worry about matchups. 
you know, you're just going to play the fastest game in the West. <laughs> yeah, I think you have me sold. I think I think I would take a Nate Robinson. You know what? Even a today Nate Ray Robinson, a 2018 Nate Robinson, one who's playing big three basketball, I might take into this team and put him in my uh, in my second rotation. Even an Uncle Drew Nate Robinson, I wouldn't be so bad against. You know, he would be a great mentor for that team. He uh, would be like their uniting force. You know, when when all their lucks run out, you know, he would. Come it gives through. them a bit of a personality too. A lot of which is kind of weird with this Kings team is they got a lot of talent. It hasn't really come together yet, but they don't really have an identity. And at least Robinson could give that to them for at least like a season. They definitely need a. a sort of a, a face a yeah yeah and that brings me into our clairvoyant math section where i give possibly the most ridiculously half conceivable decent prediction for the sacramento kings team and i believe that the forces known to me by the nba gods are telling me that this roster will not change at all during the regular season. <laughs> As of course, we like to always say that the Kings front office and management is potentially the worst in the league. Uh, they will probably think that there is so much potential and analytics on this roster that nothing will go wrong. Uh, they probably think it's decently floor balanced they probably think Zebo will play another year or two. Uh, and they, I don't think they're looking too deep down the depth chart either. So that that is my my sneaky prediction. This team. So what do we do if this team is actually good? Like, what if this team takes a takes the eighth seed in the West? I will eat a shoe. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just I can't even like. Could you imagine first round in April? It's the Kings versus the Warriors. I just I can't even make that hit work in my head. Like I don't even like how would they possibly hold down Steph? I mean, or even KD. Like like how do they even? Well, first deal off, with how do the Kings around? actually get that far? You know, <laughs> you got to think. All right, there's a lot of injuries. There's been a lot happens, of injuries. You know, you know. It, it, it's it's a late Thursday night game somewhere. It's like All Star Weekend. Everybody just got injured. Everybody went like on a booze cruise. Yeah, you know, I was gonna come up with some crazy story about how like a meteor fell out of the sky and hit two teams' planes as they were traveling over yeah, each other. A, a hurricane comes right through Charlotte, and nobody can get out. And it just travels the all Kings, the way to Houston. They get flooded out. Yeah, everybody and dies. Like, yeah, and it's like you know, since the Kings aren't going to send any All Stars anyway, they actually get to keep their team. There's a redraft. Um, they somehow get an extra timeout and they win the NBA championship <laughs> versus the God, Lakers. I think that would piss off Boogie so much. So I guess. In conclusion here, you know, we've we've talked a lot about the Sacramento Kings and their roster, what to potentially be excited for, you know, of course how they could break the NBA, what could be their pitfalls along the way to that, ways to be excited for it, but really when it comes down to it at the end of the day, 
are you more or less thrilled about the Sacramento Kings than you are about the newest $5 taco box from Taco Bell? You know what? I, I think I am slightly more thrilled. It's almost like when you when you watch like a, a movie trailer and you kind of get that hype kind of going a little bit. You're like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go see this movie. That's kind of what I kind of kind of how I feel about the Kings. It's like as long as you don't show me too much and I only kind of see like them on paper. It's like, yeah, you know, what? I'm, in, I'm I'm on this team, you know, like I'll watch a game. Sure. You know. But as soon as I do actually watch like the like the the feature, right? Like as soon as you you get through the first twenty minutes of the movie and you realize, oh my god, this is gonna be a train wreck. That's kind of how I feel. It's like I am thrilled about this team until starting night, until like the season actually begins. Feels a lot like train wreck the movie. It's like okay, you know, advertisements look all right. Oh, it's got a couple couple nice faces in there oh you know this might not be half bad to go see one day and then you sit down you actually see and you're like yikes what did i just do yeah it's spider-man homecoming dude it's like oh i like spider-man he's pretty chill he got a new start he's back in high school maybe this will be fun no it's just it's just weird the jokes don't come off right he's nerdy but he's stupid and at the end you're rooting for like michael keaton to win and just with the kings it's like i'm rooting for the other team to beat them in the game uh in my opinion the sacramento kings team gets a three out of five dollars for the taco bell box it is not (laughs) quite there yet it kind of needs a good storyline or another two pieces really for me to want to consider watching them ever. Yeah, you know what you know what I want out of this team? I want this team to merge with Memphis and just like cross-pollinate players. Like give me like Mark Gasol, Zebo, Mike Conley, Justin Jackson, and Bogdanovich. That's not a bad team. It's not a bad starting five. It certainly feels like that in, in many of our offline discussions. We talk about potentially eliminating an NBA team here, and it'll be one of those teams, teams I wouldn't be, be sad to list. see go. Yeah, not so, not for the location, but for the organization itself. Yes, I do think they would be on our short list. So speaking of our short list. Actually, uh, they might even be the number one pick on our short list. Maybe, maybe. It's, it's, uh, they might be tied at number one. We might have some contention there. But I think I think we'll get to that at some other future date. And so that will end with one more question given to us by one of our viewers of the of the Fortnite uh, from a couple weeks ago. And he asks, uh, which one of these things would you bet on happening next season if your life depended on it? Uh, so his stipulation is you got these five things to bet on. If it doesn't happen, you just die instantly. So his his statements are Curry shoots 40% from three. LeBron averages 25 or more points. Mavericks don't make the playoffs. Warriors win the championship. 
Carmelo averages less than 20 points. Oh, man. It's weird because the only one I can see that doesn't happen, I think all these would happen except for Curry shooting 40% from three. I think he's going to hit 39%. I think he's going to miss too many games. And then he's going to come back and he's going to be kind of rusty, so that's going to take a hit. I can see LeBron getting 25 a game in the regular season. I can see the Mavs not making the playoffs. I can also see the Warriors winning the 2019 championship. Hot take of the day. And uh, Melo under 20 points. Well, uh, so you know so we both agree the Curry one is the least likely to happen. But which one of these is the most surefire thing out of this list? The most surefire thing. Uh, it's oh, got to be LeBron with 25, right? You know, that really jumps out to me, right? Because he's like Mr. Consistency, right? 27, 7, and 7. But it's like he's also going to age a little bit, and he's in a harder conference. At the same time, he's playing in a much faster tempo. Got more more ball creators for him. His three-point shooting has been going up the past couple years. Right, but the Mavs making the playoffs? Are we really that sold on this team being able to make the playoffs? Yes. Also, Melo, come on. Melo's going to make average more than 20 points. I'm, 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 I, that was I'm actually my, I'm tied with that one. I am on the under on that one. Melo will get about 16 to 17 points at game at high ceiling. That's his, that's his ceiling. I think, I think it's got to be either LeBron with 25 or more or Carmelo with 20 or under. Like Melo's going to be a good on the Rockets, but that doesn't mean he's going to be good. Yeah, I, I, think, I think if I was going to bet on one, I'd probably bet the Carmelo one. Because I think the LeBron one at 25... It seems, it seems a little high. Well, like, you're talking one basket. And a half. Give, me, give me 23 and a half, and I'm on the LeBron thing. Yeah, I was going to say 24, just, yeah. Just seems like a little, like a hair too much. Yeah. It's a good question, though. I do like this question. Yes, we do. We do like to thank our Even viewers. though we sort of flipped it around. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I will not be dying at the end of the season. I don't know if Michael will be or not, but we'll find out in a future episode of Heart in the Pain podcast. The NBA podcast where we ask and answer the hard questions about the NBA. Follow us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and of course... We love your feedback on these platforms as well as our email in the description below. And uh, Google Play Music. Yes, we're, we're, we've been on Google Play Music we for are, a little we are while branching now. branching out. Uh, it's a great way to, to get it on the go if you're mobile. You know, the SoundCloud app is a little funky sometimes, so Google Play is a little, a little more consistent. You can just kind of subscribe to the feed and it'll automatically show up every time there's a new one. Uh, and you can download it listen to it on the car, you know, at the gym, doing whatever. I even leave it as background noise like I do for 90% of my podcasts. Uh, and we would like to, of course, thank Modelo again for sponsoring this episode. And we would like to thank the Sacramento Kings for letting us pick apart their team. Next week, we'll probably go into the Hawks as well as some more topical news and ongoings about the NBA. Of course, we love to shout out our viewer of the Fortnite, I guess a listener technically, of the Fortnite. For this episode, it is... And we'd like to thank 
for being a hard in the paint listener of Fortnite. And with that, we will catch you all later.